everyone has their pros and cons of what they're looking for in a school in terms of curriculum and outdoor time and all these other things. And I think, you know, food or the ability to bring food and what the offerings that they do have, I think that will be for sure a priority for us. Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing podcast, where we are empowering women to better support their families. Our goal is to educate on real food, raising little ones, and becoming our best selves. everyone. I'm Michelle Taggy. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and I have a master's in data analytics. I'm a mom to three-year-old Connor and five-month-old Ashlyn. And this is the last week of my full-time job. I am so excited, even though I'm going through a sleep regression with the baby and she's starting to eat solids, but all is going well. And I am joined again today by Hillary Bennett. Hi, Hillary. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me back again. For those I haven't yet met, my name is Hillary Bennett, and I left the world of corporate consulting to study nutrition and to start my business, Purposeful Plate. I provide nutrition consulting to moms and moms-to-be and business consulting to companies in the health and wellness space. I'm also a mom to a two-year-old named Mason, and I live with my husband and our dog in Denver, Colorado. And Hillary and I are the co-creators of the Real Food for Real Moms postpartum prep guide, which will be available for pre-sale in just a few weeks, which is so dang exciting. I know. It's been such a long time coming. I feel like we've been talking about this for so long. It's it's exciting that it's so close. Yeah. And it felt like on the early days, we like didn't get that much done because we didn't really know what we were doing, but now it's like we're cruising along. <laughs> I know we have a process and I know it's, it feels so real and it like looking at it and flipping through it just feels so real and so exciting. So, so yeah, I was just going to share a couple of updates. I feel like we're still in this four months sleep regression, even though she'll be, she's like 10 days away from turning six months Um, but yeah, I'm like fully back to pretty much nursing all night. And I feel bad because I've been giving a little bit of advice on getting your baby to sleep through the night and like the aware parenting with the crying and the feeding. And it's just, I think she went down to five feedings a day so early that my body just didn't produce enough enough milk. And now it's kind of rebounding back to like where she's re-stimulating it. And my freezer stash is almost gone. So I'm kind of exhausted, like <laughs> going through that again. Um, it's nice to not have a newborn in terms of like the daytime stuff. Like she's just happy and she can sit up and um, it's, you know, fun. But in terms of the night, it feels like I have a newborn again. <laughs> It's so exhausting too. It's just yeah. It I seems like those days, like, yeah, yeah. She's just keep like she keeps nursing pretty much constantly all night, and I'm like, okay, we're setting a timer tonight, <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. And um, yeah, she's like well into eating solids already too. I mean, she's just a really big baby. She's ready. I've talked about this a lot. Um, we started with some really easy to digest foods, bone broth, banana, avocado. And we just started today with like pate, which is like more of a food food, uh, like the liver with some pear and butter. Um, and that was actually a little harder for her to like, I think it was a little thick. So we're going to thin it down a little bit for tomorrow. It seemed like she liked the taste and she had a few bites, but it seemed harder for her to eat. That's exciting. New foods are so exciting. And I remember it's just funny too, how all kids are so different because Mason was kind of a later baby to take to solids. And so I remember being really gung ho and really excited and getting all the things to, to try and he just was not into it. So it, it is really, it's just so interesting because you really do have to follow baby's lead on it all. And they'll, they'll tell you what they want for sure. They have an opinion, even at five months. 
I know. And that's what I keep having to tell myself. It's like one of those things where I think, especially in this space where we have this idea of when things are supposed to happen, you're like, it's harder to pay attention to baby. And then I'm like reading all the time on like sites that say, wait till six months. But then I see this baby with her food and she's ready. And egg yolk is the other thing we try that she loves. Um, And then I, you know, doing some research, these egg yolk, avocado, banana, they're all foods that contain the enzymes needed to digest them. So it's a little easier on baby's digestive system. And then bone broth is obviously helpful. Oh, you know all about bone broth and babies. Yes, I've been doing a lot of research on bone broth and babies. So, so yeah, that's, um, it's, you know, easy on baby's gut. And that was the first thing we started with, but. Yeah, just paying attention to our babies. It's true. No, they really they really do know. And it's funny that no matter – I feel like no matter what happens, you're questioning whether you're on the wrong side of what's quote-unquote normal. <laughs> right, like, whether it's too early or too late. It's like, yeah. how did this not happen at six months to the day like the internet says it's supposed to? Yeah, right, right. Like overnight, all of a sudden – their digestion is ready and they are absolutely ready in that on that specific day. So it's it is just funny because I was doing all the googling like why is he not ready? Why is he not interested? Why does he keep pushing this away? Everyone says he should be leaning in and you know all these things and meanwhile he's like shoving shoving it away and I'm like I guess you're not ready then but and you now know, he eats. Yeah, and now he eats great. So that's parenting. <laughs> Learning how to yeah adjust, and I, I guess even with like your due date, like you can't get attached to your due date. But it seems like I mean, when mine came and went, I was just like, this was supposed to have happened already. <laughs> I know it's so true. It happens with everything. It happens with walking and potty training, and you just read about you know when when a certain milestone is supposed to happen or a range of when it's supposed to happen, and everyone's different. Yeah. And I guess with all the milestones, if they're all averages, you should expect your baby to be like above average or ahead of average on like half of them and behind average on the other half. Like, (laughs) I know, I know. And it's so easy to tell someone else that, but when it's your own kid, you're like, what's wrong? What am I doing wrong? Right. So, so yeah, I think it's going well. I've been definitely monitoring like if she's been uncomfortable or gassy and how her poop is just to make sure her system can handle this, but everything seems really good. So we're, we're chugging away with that. And then I, I just want to like keep doing the, the breastfeeding at night for maybe one more week, or I, I should say all night. <laughs> and then we're going to try to try to like feed her after I breastfeed at night again and see if that'll um, let her hold off a little longer. I'm, I'm debating whether I still want to wake up to pump at night. Um, I like try, I, this can't keep up as it is, but I want to like, make sure I'm at least doing what I need to do to increase my supply. And I know the night feeding is like one of the most important things for that. Yeah. It'll definitely get you jump started again. If she's, I mean, it's supply and demand really. Right. So I I think it's just hard if you don't do it all night, like she was sleeping so well, I think my body just downregulated a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So what's going on over in your neck of the woods? Well, we just got back from like a little over two weeks away. So we were some of the people that bought a trailer, like a travel trailer camper whenever COVID hit. And we just spent like two weeks around sort of the western slope of Colorado. So Uray and Telluride and Ridgeway, you know, because when you're quarantined with your family for months on end, what better to do than to be quarantined in a smaller space with your family, right? Um, But we had a really good time. It was so nice. I mean, we just spent so much time outdoors and fresh air and being active and together as a family. And that was a lot of fun to kind of just get out and explore. And Mason's almost two and a half. So he's at a really good age to kind of see, start to see things like through his eyes and experience things through his eyes. And that was really fun too. So it was restorative in some ways with all of the outdoors time, but it was also 
you know, when you own your own business, there's, it's really hard to like truly get away. Um, and so there was, there were definitely some, some times of stress on my end where I just felt like I couldn't balance it all. So, but that was our little vacation for the summer. So that was a lot of fun. And we sort of got booted out a little bit by the wildfires here in Colorado. Um, they completely shut down I-70. So we took a different route home. And still, even now, the fires here are really bad. We um, yesterday went outside right before dinner to see if we were going to eat dinner outside. And there was literally ash falling from the sky. <laughs> and so we did not stay outside. We've been monitoring air quality and it's been pretty bad here. So it's there's a lot of smoke, um, just a lot of like smog in the air. The The sun when it sets is like bright red. It's very bizarre and sad and, and I don't know. So we got kicked out a little bit by the fires, but they followed us a little bit because I have this app called EPA. I th- it's, it's from the EPA. I think it's called Air Now. And we've just been monitoring the air quality and it's, it's terrible. It's really bad to be outside right now. So I'm glad we got our time when we did, but that's, um, yeah, that's kind of what's going on here in Colorado. And did your husband just take that as vacation time? He did. Yep. Okay. I was wondering, so you were able to get the trailer and do longer trips because now you could like be away No, I guess you weren't going into an office anyway. Nope. Yeah, I've just been at home. So he took the time totally off, like two solid weeks. And he's a great vacation policy. And I just worked kind of, I mean, during nap times as much as I could. And um, the one, the other challenge for me there is like, I typically, I'm sharpest in the morning. And so oftentimes I'll get up early in the morning and work before anyone else gets up. And when you're in like a tiny camper, I couldn't, it was really hard to like set my alarm (laughs) because I didn't want to wake anyone. Well, I don't care about my husband waking up, but um, I didn't want Mason to wake up super early. So that was a little bit of a struggle because I didn't, usually I feel like I have sort of a jump start on the day before he gets up. Um, And I just didn't have that. So there's so many benefits to having your own business and doing your own thing. But that is definitely a drawback is that, you know, it's, you really, I feel bad going away. Like I feel bad telling a client, I'm not going to be there for you for two weeks. Like don't email me. I can't, I just, I don't feel like I can do that. And you don't, I don't have a backup. So that it's just tough. Um, it's just tough. And I feel like everyone needs that like restorative time away. That's truly away, away. And, and I definitely did not have that. I had one day in Telluride where I, sadly it was our anniversary (laughs) where I just totally broke down. And I was like, I, I can't get away. I can't take a break, but there, there are a ton of benefits to it too. And I love the flexibility that comes with it and everything else, but it can be hard. Uh, yeah, you tell me this now that I already gave notice. But. <laughs> no, the benefits far outweigh the costs, but I will be real and honest and share that that is definitely one of the drawbacks. Yeah. Well, I do want to say now that I only have three days left at this job, um, I am starting to take one-on-one clients. So you can always get a hold of me at nourished and nurturing at gmail.com. And, or you can go to my website, Michelle Taggy, T-A-G-G-E.com. And you can book a free consult on there. So yeah, now that I don't work full time, I am seeing clients. And if you're interested, you can reach out. I'm mostly going to be specializing in prenatal postpartum um, health, as well as blood sugar issues. So yeah, that's exciting for me. And today we actually have some listener questions. Um, One of them came to the podcast email. If you ever have questions you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us there. And then we just got a couple random questions on Instagram, but we're just going to tackle them all here. So you ready to jump in? I am. Yeah, let's do it. So the first one was around stocking pantry. Um, I got two separate questions. One was 
can you give some recommendations for stocking your pantry, like getting ready for the postpartum period? And then the second part was around um, having food on hand for toddlers. So I'll handle, handle the postpartum piece first. So first off, I do recommend, obviously, our guide we're creating if you're postpartum, but that's going to be more around stocking your freezer for the postpartum period. So I also want to cover the pantry items. Uh, My first recommendation is going to be collagen. That's something that's really important for tissue repair in the postpartum period, but it also is going to like be an easy way to add some extra calories to things like smoothies or oatmeal or even like mix like making mixes of things you can just kind of add collagen into anything like pancakes or whatever um so you're getting extra protein and i don't replace it like don't use it to replace meat but because it's not a complete protein but it is a great source of protein to add to things so um other things i like oats. I get a, a, like a big thing of gluten-free oats and I made a lot of them because it's just a, a quick go-to thing to make, but you can also make a big batch of it and kind of parcel it out in different containers. I like mixes, like simple mills, like muffin mixes, because you literally can put those together in like two minutes, mix them up with eggs and oil. And then I also like to add things like brewer's yeast, flax seeds, and collagen to the mix so that you can get some of these um, things you need for lactation support and um, the postpartum healing. So I like having things like um, the banana bread mix. They have, I don't love the chocolate muffins. Like I feel like they're a little crumbly, but I love the brownie mix as well and the pumpkin muffins. Um, so in addition to collagen, I really, I use a prenatal protein powder, like the seeking health prenatal, which, you know, if you're breastfeeding, you're still taking your prenatal, but even if you're not using it for the immediate postpartum period for your recovery is really good. If you don't have a protein powder for your prenatal, I would maybe look at having a different protein powder, like again, something to maybe add to smoothies, like a chocolate protein. Um, so I wasn't really big on bars, but that might be something to have on hand, like some RX bars or, uh, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and then potentially something like beef sticks or beef jerky. So I'm not super into jerky, like the the things you have to chew really hard, but I do love the Paleo Valley beef sticks. Like the summer sausage one is my favorite. So I'm still doing that now when I just need like, like I'm hungry, but I wasn't ready to be making lunch yet. I'll have like a little bit of cheese and one of those beef sticks. And it's like, it's, it's as good as a meal almost, but it's just a quick tide over. Um, And then I do like other snacky things like siete chips. So it's cassava chips, like tortilla chips, or they have like a a fuego flavor that's kind of like a Dorito or something like that. But just something like a healthier option that can just like be something to snack on. I liked apple chips and dried fruit. Um, Nut butter is something I used a lot, like in recipes as well as just like um, you know, putting it on different things like chocolate. Like I would take a little piece of dark chocolate and dip it in like nut butter or coconut butter just to have a little extra fat in there. Um, other kind of fats you might want to stock in your pantry, like olive oil, coconut oil, and ghee. So things you might be using for recipes, but uh, I think it's good to have some good fats on hand. Because again, it's going to be the easiest way to add extra calories postpartum when you need it. And yeah, this is not a pantry item, but have plenty of eggs on hand. Like that's just something that's easy to cook and like use in a lot of recipes, but also just like eating it on its own for an easy meal. What do you got? 
Yeah. I mean, I echo all that. I think my biggest things postpartum were definitely nut butter. Like that was a quick, I use, it's called nutso. It was like a mixed nut and seed butter with like flax and cashews and Brazil nuts and walnuts. And um, so tons of that. And I mean, there would be, you know, if I was like nursing in the middle of the night and got really hungry, my stomach would be growling. I would literally just like go out and have a scoop of that and go back to bed. Um, So that was a big one for me. And yeah, definitely oats and collagen. I'll echo all that. Having bone broth on hand, like I didn't have enough room in the freezer definitely for all of it. So I did also rely on the kettle and fire bone broth, like the shelf stable stuff that they have. I love, they have a mushroom chicken that's so good. And they also have a turmeric ginger, which is really good. So those were big for me. Um, let's see, what else did I have? I think the only other thing is like I get this, this if you're big into like nut milks or like on non-dairy milks, I get like a, I don't make almond milk myself. I have, but it's kind of a pain. So I get like a, a pulp mix of just basically pureed almonds. And so then I can always kind of just blend up my own almond milk because I'm big on that. Um, to add to, I do matcha in the morning. So to add to that and yeah, I think just like nuts and seeds, I'm really big on. I've always have been, I love the go raw sprouted seeds. Like the, I get them on thrive, like the sprouted pumpkin seeds and sprouted sunflower seeds. So those I was big on. Um, I think that's, yeah, mostly it. I think you kind of shared most of them. Kale chips. I love Brad's raw kale chips as like a snacky thing. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I think the one thing I forgot to mention is coconut milk. I go through so much coconut milk again in like smoothies, adding it to oats, but I, I get the cans of coconut milk, like the ones that look more like cartons. And I think this is the same for almond milk too. It's a lot more watery and it's higher in carbohydrate. Like the cans of coconut have a lot of fat in it. So it's just a different, a different food and it doesn't have a lot of the like gums added that, um, that the, the box coconut milks have. So I, again, I don't know how I go through as much of this as I do, but I go through so many cans of coconut milk in my house. That's the other thing is coconut water. Like I was so insatiably thirsty when I was nursing. And so coconut water, I think is another one that I would add to that list of pantry staples. And now there's, there's an electrolyte powder called like element from Rob Wolf. So that's like a really good electrolyte powder. If you are super, super thirsty from nursing and you're wanting to get your electrolytes back up. But speaking of coconut milk, that is one as well as for sure coconut water for me. Yeah. The coconut water, that was like the only thing I could keep down during labor, like really both of my births. Um, You know, that might not be relevant depending on hospital rules, but laboring at home, I think that was just huge. Like I had so much coconut water. Yeah, I did too. During my labor, I labored in hospital. Well, mostly at home. And, um, I got to the hospital later on, but I was, I actually even, I just had a, basically a cup of ice with coconut water in it. And I was like sipping it and then spitting it back out into the same cup or like towards the end of labor, which is, I realize really gross, but there's something about it that's more like quenching and hydrating, I feel like in your mouth. So that's definitely, that was a huge one for me. Interesting. Do you want to go into the toddler pantry items? Yeah. So there's actually, I think, some overlap, I would say, with what you've already said, like the nut butter for sure and oats. Um, We use those to make muffins. And then I think in terms of, um, you know, like packaged things, my son loves anything crunchy. So I do a lot of freeze-dried or dried um, fruits and vegetables. He loves like beet chips. He loves dried carrots, um, freeze-dried strawberries. He loves kale chips, all those things. (laughs) all the crunchy things, uh, crunchy fruits and vegetables for sure. And they're actually, when they're freeze dried, they do retain a lot of nutrients. So that's a bonus. 
Um, so we always have tons of those. Simple Mills crackers he loves. And those are kind of like a better option for crackers. And something else that we've done recently is he's been really into smoked salmon, which is nice because it's like a shelf-stable protein. So that's definitely something that's easy to have on hand. Um, Vital Choice has it, but I've actually recently gotten into actually Patagonia. So like the clothing company, they have a Patagonia provisions and they're really into like high quality foods and they have really some really good wild caught smoked salmon. So that's one on our list. Um, Serenity Kids pouches. <laughs> He's two and a half. He's still, they're still a super convenient thing to have for on the go. Um, we love the salmon flavor, which is like salmon, beets, and butternut squash, and the bison, which has, I think, spinach and kabocha squash. And sort of pantry-related, just any of the heartier kind of fruits and vegetables. So sweet potatoes are like his probably his favorite vegetable. And bananas, I feel like we always have on hand. So like bananas or apples and or pears or something like that with like walnut butter or some kind of a nut butter on them. He loves that. And that's just a good, like, again, pairing, pairing the carb with fat and some protein to make it more satiating and more filling um, and kind of keep that blood sugar steady is always kind of a goal of any snack or meal I put together. So I think those are the main things that we have. I think there is actually, you know, kind of a decent amount of overlap probably with how you otherwise want to stock your pantry, except with the exception of, you know, he's really, he's really into like crunchy things like the dried veggies. And it's a great way to get veggies into the diet of a toddler who might have, you know, texture issues otherwise with other kinds of vegetables or might find them bitter when they're dried like that. They are a little bit sweeter and I think more palatable for some kiddos. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of overlap because really when you're talking the postpartum period, you're looking at like filling your body with nutrient dense foods because you're depleted. And then it's kind of the same with our kids. Like they're, they don't eat enough to like have these wasted calories. Like we, we want to pack all the nutrition they need and like the little amount that they eat. Uh, although it does seem like my kid eats a ton on a lot of days, but um, so yeah, we love Simple Mills crackers. We just tried the um, jovial like einkorn sourdough uh, crackers. I don't know if you've tried those, but because I've been making sourdough bread from the same brand, uh, we tried the crackers and Connor loves them. We haven't tried those. We have just tried the Who, Who Kitchen, I think it's called. They have some really good grain-free crackers. Um, I can't do gluten myself, so we don't we just don't have a ton of gluten in the house just because it's one less thing. But we do we do love the Simple Mills who and then the other one we love are the Brad's Raw crackers. And those have they're basically freeze-dried veggies. So there's a broccoli flavor and it has like broccoli and buckwheat and I think carrots and just some other. They're basically freeze-dried veggie crackers. So we love those too. Um, yeah, the um, the jovial ones are not grain free. So again, yeah, I don't do gluten really either, but I have been able to eat my own sourdough. So these are sourdough crackers, but I'm still just not gonna. I don't know how long they fermented. Like, I'm not gonna try it. <laughs> so yeah, you don't. Well, especially nursing, you don't want to have like digestive issues. <laughs> yeah, and they make cookies too. So again, I haven't tried those, but Scott tried them and said they're like they're okay. They're not that sweet. So once in a while, Connor, I'll get them. They're like these checkerboard cookies. But I've seen them. Yeah. I actually just ordered some of the einkorn flour online because I got a starter and I saw that, that they had actually a lot more stuff than I, I realized. So it's cool that, that they're good. I'll, I might, I might give them a try for him. Just for oh, I'm excited help. for you to embark on the sourdough journey. <laughs> I know, except it smells so good. And I, I can't, like I, celiac runs in my family. Like it's, oh, okay. it's, it's just a, yeah, I just can't do it. <laughs> okay. I just can't do it, but it smells so good. And maybe eventually I will give 
gluten-free sourdough a try, but we have a a mutual friend from the retreat we went on and she has mentioned that she's like, I just can't get the gluten-free sourdough down and she owns a gluten-free bakery. So I feel like if she can't do it, I I have no chance. <laughs> okay. Um, so what did you get the starter for? I've just made it for my husband. A friend had it and I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I have, and it's, it's turned out great, but I haven't had it myself yet. Oh, wow. You are a wonderful wife. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay. So yeah, toddler stuff. I do. I like the same mixes like the, um, the banana bread muffins and yeah, even if it's for the kids, I like adding flax seeds and potentially collagen in there. Um, and that's not like an everyday thing, but we'll, you know, we can make a dozen of them, put four in the fridge and then put eight in the freezer and just like have it as a snack for sometimes. Um, so he, he, chocolate, he likes the 95% chocolate. Like I do. Um, he likes chocolate chips more and I still get dark chocolate, like 85% chocolate chips. And, um, he likes those sometimes. He I was like say, very good taste for a two-year-old. Yeah, my goodness. He, it's crazy. He drinks like black decaf coffee and it's not something we like give him voluntarily, but like, or it was like my mom had a decaf and he just like took some to, we're like, oh, he won't drink it. And he just like loves it. And we're just like, oh goodness. That is really funny. Um, yeah. So he likes that like bitter flavor um sardines and salmon like you said I like keeping those in the pantry and it's a super quick meal like the Mm -hmm. we do cook the sardines a little bit for him but it's like super like quick like fry it on each side with a little bit of spices I think he likes that better than straight out of the can um so oats, collagen, I'll, the collagen for him, I'll just put a little bit in like oats or sweet potatoes, things like that, where I just want to add a little bit of protein. Um, things he asks for, he likes raisins and dates and dried, fr- like other dried fruits. Um, but I don't like to do that by itself just because the sugar content, but um, it's something that could be part of a snack or a, a meal sometimes. And yeah, I love the Serenity Kids squeeze packs. I do think we have uh, for 25% off your first order, you could use the word, the code nourished and nurturing if you wanted to try those. So I love the salmon ones as well, just because we're probably not eating fish quite as much as we quote unquote should be um, for the DHA we need. So that's an easy way to pick up extra fish in the diet and my son loves those like he's almost three and he still loves them uh he he's asking for squeezy packs all the time he yeah we like the bison one um he loves all of them really the chicken the beef and also any of the veggie ones they have like squash or like roots that have beets and spinach um and then there's also other other squeeze packs we get that are like I think it's called Naka. So these are going to be on the sweeter side. And this is like a treat squeezy pack. But always look at your labels. So these, the ones I'm talking about have a lot of coconut in them. So there's still a lot of fat and there's protein added as well as the fruit. It's like a mango coconut flavor. So look at your labels. Even the Whole Foods, there's like Once Upon a Farm. There's only one of the flavors that I would ever buy and it's labeled a smoothie, um, like a smoothie flavor rather than the other ones that are just fruit. So it's like all carbohydrate because even the ones that say they like add veggies and stuff, most of them are not adding fat and protein. So it's it's really going to hit hit the blood sugar like the same way as juice would for a kid if you're just getting like the fruit the fruit or a fruit and veggie squeezy pack. So Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to remember is just like kids will respond the same way we will. Like if you just have straight carbs for a snack or a meal, like you're you're going to get that spike and crash from it. And so will kids. So just really trying to slow that release into the bloodstream and 
it's not that fruit is bad and that you shouldn't serve it. It's just pair it with some fat to, you know, help, help that response. Yeah. So, yeah. And I will make one note that we didn't do much snacking until this summer, really. And it was just, um, he was over at grandma's houses and we packed his meals and he just kind of ate three square meals a day. And then we had the nanny cart start coming this summer. And when I was newly postpartum with my daughter, I was snacking more. So it would just be like he and I would have a snack together. And so it's, it's not something that I'm against. I don't think kids necessarily need it to the extent that it's thrown around of like, um, if, kids are eating heavy, heavy carbohydrate diets. They have the dips the same way we do, like the mid-afternoon, you, you're craving caffeine and sugar. But if kids are eating more balanced meals at their meals, they might not need snacks. But again, I, this is something that we introduced. It's like, it just keeps him slightly happier when he was with the nanny and he didn't know her as well. It was like, oh, why don't you take a squeezy pack and go to the park? And it's, you know, makes it that much sweeter for him. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we, we were kind of the same. And I think, I don't know, what's worked really well for us is kind of, if there is a snack, it happens at the same time. So like, if there is a snack, it happens mid-morning. So he'll get up and have his breakfast and he has eggs every day and a smoothie and, um, it's it's a really balanced breakfast, but we started doing lunch a little bit later because his nap started getting a little bit later. So that that mid morning snack was kind of a nice, like predictable way to push lunch a little bit later. And then he takes his nap, and then in the afternoon he wakes up and he waits until dinner to eat. But that's just been it's kind of I think I don't know consistency is the most important thing for us because if he doesn't, I feel like if he doesn't know, then it's it's more of like a kind of free for all of like, I want this, I want this, I want this versus, you know, if he's hungry for, you know, mid morning or if he's hungry when he gets up from his nap, it's like, okay, we're going to have dinner soon. And it's not as much of a debate as if, you know, it, it, it wasn't sort of a, it's not like a rigid schedule, but it does help him kind of, I think, understand how the day is going to shake out. Yeah. Well, and I think that really brings us into the next question well because what I was going to say like some of the snacks at school that they offer are there is like a good thing that it's at the same time every day but some of it is this like just straight up carbohydrate (laughs) so um the next question because I've been sharing a lot about what I'm packing for my son he just started school last week what I'm packing in his lunches um they're asking about navigating bringing food to school and like, do you just give the kid what the school serves or how do you go about that? So I think we both have different perspectives on that because your son was in daycare at a younger age. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. But um, so again, we're only one week in, but the school he goes to, I think they have decent choices, but it's still very heavy in carbohydrate from what I would prefer him to be eating. So they do a breakfast at 9am, a lunch at noon, and then a snack at like 3pm. And they do a nap like one to three that, um, you know, a nap or a quiet time. So what I've seen from what they serve um, is this, the breakfasts tend to be very heavy in carbohydrate, like waffle with syrup, a maybe a piece of meat, and then maybe some fruit. Uh, there is a lot of fruit. So I'm going to look at that and see what my son will end up eating is he'll eat the waffle and uh, he loves meat, but I think it's just like one of these things where they like the sugary thing if it's there. So for that, I just my general approach has been to not restrict anything actually at the school. Like I want him to get the social aspect of eating with the other kids. I, he doesn't have any allergies, but I just want to try to round out 
what they're offering. So it's really kind of tricky. I'm like, I want it both ways. Like I wish they would just serve exactly what I wanted him to eat, but that's not going to happen. So I want him to have some of the things the other kids are having. So our general approach has been not to restrict anything. He doesn't have any real allergies. He just, I would just prefer him to eat a more balanced diet than what they serve. They do try to serve organic foods. It just is heavier in sugar and I don't love all of the snacks, but like, I also want him to get that social aspect around eating. So it's kind of this tricky place. And I do think I would feel differently about it if he was under the age of two. I feel like kids in the first two years are really set up for their, they're just like foundational health in so many ways. And like, I, I have loosened up on things now. So that's what our general approach is. I wanted to not have any explicit restrictions, but like be able to supplement with what I can bring in. So that was really important to us that the school we took him to allowed you to bring in food. And the other thing is he doesn't like a lot of normal kids food. Like he doesn't like cheese, which is kind of crazy, but like and he also doesn't like noodles or bread. So things like pizza or spaghetti or ravioli or macaroni and cheese, like there's just so many kids foods that he would never touch. So on the one hand, it makes it easier that those are just an easy no when a lot of them aren't the best foods anyway. Like I know he's not going to touch them. Um, so that makes it a little easier for me, but also like I know I need to pack a pretty full lunch on days when they're having like grilled cheese. So, um, so kind of a pro and a con there, but so that's, that's been our general approach. And what I've seen is their like 9am breakfast. It tends to be higher in carbohydrate, like a waffle with syrup and maybe a little meat and some fruit or something like that. So we will have him eat breakfast before he goes to school. So, I will always give him an egg and maybe some yogurt depending on what they have there. And he can, he can eat what they have there. Lunch. He's never tried anything that the school has served for lunch. Like we get these little reports every day and I actually wanted him to try things. It just hasn't happened yet, but we got him a new planet box lunch box and got him a couple sets of the magnets you put on there. So it's it was like this really exciting thing to him where we're like, you're going to school. You're such a big boy. The teacher's going to ask if you have your lunchbox. So I think it's like partially an experience for him to have the, the big boy lunchbox. And he likes to eat out of that when he goes to school. So uh, what we've been putting in there, like meats, we really like the liverwurst from U.S. Wellness Meats. Like it's just so easy because it's frozen and ready to eat. Um, we cut it up and put it in there. Meatballs are really easy. Chicken, like we'll cut up some chicken and I'll drizzle a tiny bit of honey over it. Uh, there is a tiny little middle section that has like room for a treat or something like that. So I'll put like like three chocolate chips and three raisins or like a couple little like of these gummies that he likes, but never gets. So it's just like a little thing that makes the whole meal fun, even though it's not much food. Um, they have a little like container that you can put like yogurt or sweet potato, like mashed sweet potatoes in. So we'll use that. Um, I've done things like zucchini noodles, seaweed, and a lot of, we do these like protein pancakes that have bone marrow and I cut them into a little square, like the same size as the box so that it's finger food. Um, so that's what we've been doing. And he's, he's eaten everything I've sent every time. And I've sent him a little bit more on the sparse side, like not, it, it's still plenty for a meal, but I was kind of hoping that he'd try things like the meatloaf that the school had. Um, the other thing I like to do is fun utensils. So that's something that we'll do sometimes at home. Like he has these little, um, we call them pinchers. They're supposed to be like pre 
chopsticks where you just like squeeze squeeze them together and so he eats seaweed with that so if I send the seaweed I'm sending the little utensils or like the liverwurst I cut it up and I put these little like forks with animals on them um so I think that's something that makes it a lot more fun too oh yeah I never thought to like send those along that's a good idea we do that too with the like the little pinchers for something fun or we use like a toothpick different toothpicks that have like different things on the end and he likes like poking his food so that's a cool idea to send it I never thought of that yeah I I think it does just make it fun and the school's been good about like rinsing them and sending them back every day so um and then one other thing that we have to be aware of is the school is tree nut free so they want us writing out the ingredients but some of the stuff we use like the simple mills mixes and the Simple Mills crackers use almond flour. Like we use a lot of almond flour in this house for a lot of baked goods. So I have to be ultra aware of even like breading chicken or like meatballs. Like um, a lot of times we would use almond flour. So that's something that we have to be aware of and find something else. My husband uses a lot of tapioca starch, which obviously is not free. So that uh, that's easy. And then I did look at the Simple Mills crackers. The reason I bought the the um, sourdough crackers I was talking about actually was because I'm like, oh, the Simple Mills ones have nuts. But there is those like those um, sprouted grain crackers, like the garlic and herb or the everything. Mm-hmm. They like sprouted seeds and that's, those actually don't have any tree nuts. So I was happy to see that, that if I want to send crackers, you can't send the square ones, but you can send those ones that are like octagons. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, um, the other thing you can use, we, we had this issue too with the tree nuts, but tiger nut flour is similar to almond flour in its consistency, but it's actually not a tree nut, but it works uh, similarly. It's, it's high fiber, higher fiber, and it has good prebiotic fiber. The one downside to almond flour is that it's just more expensive. <laughs> so, but it works in a really similar way. So that's a good one if you're, I think a lot of daycares are tree nut free. So if you're in that situation, give tiger nut flour a try. That's great to know. Yeah. And then the other thing, like, so the 3 p.m. snack, a lot of those are just kind of garbage in my opinion. Um, so they do have fruit sometimes like yogurt and fruit, which I'm great with. Or last week they had a mixed berry smoothie, which I'm like, great. Even though that, even if that's higher in sugar than I want, it's like, he can have it, whatever. Um, but some of the days where it's just like pretzels or like, um, Ritz crackers or something, I send, um, a Serenity Kids squeezy pack with the meal. So, and they're, they're just so great. Um, because for him, it's a treat and partially it's a treat because they're not cheap. Like we're not going to give them to him three times a day, even mm-hmm. though he love that. So that's part of what, like, and I think it's like, you know, the packages are colorful. It's like fun, but it, for us, it's a health food. So it's, it's a nice thing to like send. And I just write it in on his thing that I'm sending a squeeze pouch and that's his, his afternoon snack. So they give that to him and it's, it's special to him and it makes him not really care about the snack. I think sometimes he has some of the snack too, but, um, it's just, it's really an easy thing, like a win-win. And yeah, like I said, you could use the, the code nourished and nurturing if you want to try them out. They're also on Thrive Market and on Amazon. Like just, I'm a huge fan of those. Oh yeah. We, I love them so much. And it's like one of those things that it's so hard to find convenient things that are high quality sometimes. And they're just like, they're so well-balanced and so thoughtful and what they've put in them. I just, I'm a huge fan and I, I've gotten to know the company well and just they're, they're so committed (laughs) to like visiting the farms of the their suppliers and just I just feel like they're doing everything right and that's sadly it's it's not super easy to find that these days so I'm definitely a huge fan and then on the point of sending things like that with your son I also think there's a nice element of the familiarity so you know these there might be like some junky things that he doesn't have at home and maybe it's novel to try them maybe it's not but also when he's 
you know, away from home during the day. And he's typically been at home with either you or with a grandparent. It is, I think it's nice for little guys to have, have something familiar, like the pouches they have at home. It's like a nice little, I don't know, little comforting thing to have something that they're familiar with from home. So it's not always like, oh, why aren't I eating what the other kids are eating? It's like, that's an option, but here's something that you also are familiar with and you really like too. Yeah. It's just hard. Like for a two, almost three-year-old, you're not going to get the full story. You can't just sit them down and be like, let's talk about your school lunches and get there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what I'm observing. The other couple things I'm going to know, like my first week, I'm going to be emailing them this week to just make a couple changes. I asked this, um, they serve whole milk to kids under two and they switch to 1% for kids above two. And I would like him to keep eating the whole milk. Um, so I've asked them if they could give him that instead. So again, it's a compromise from the raw milk he gets at home but it's organic whole milk and you know what? It's going to make my life a lot easier. Um, And the other thing I'm going to ask them to do is um, not give him seconds of some of those things like waffles or pretzels. Like uh, it's, you know, I'm not against him having a little bit, uh, but I don't think just like having as many pretzels he wants is necessarily going to serve him that well. The other thing I want to ask them about is the yogurt. Like if it's a fat-free yogurt, then I might send something else. Um, so again, this is like kind of <laughs> an exercise for me in not being controlling in addition to like, like I want him to be nourished, but I also like want to let go a little bit and just let him find his own way. So um, the other thing I will mention is I did get a, a note from a nutritionist for this. They said they wanted a doctor's note and I asked if I could use a nutritionist. So, I mean, that's obviously easy. I didn't even think of asking you. I asked somebody from my NTP program to just sign a note that I wrote out. And all it had to say was like, he prefers foods like meat, vegetables, and fruit over foods like processed grains and trans fats. Like, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty easy to put together, but I think they just need to have something on file for you bring Mm -hmm. things in. Well, it's nice that they're flexible because some, I know some schools also, particularly with COVID I've heard, I haven't experienced firsthand, but there are limiting what you can bring in because it's just one more, one more, you know, external factor. So like you have to drop your kids off at the door and we don't want you know, they have to like leave a coat there. So it's one less thing that's like leaving and coming back every day and not bringing in food. So it's really nice. And that's, I think it would, it's would definitely be a priority for me going forward too, of like the ability to bring your own food and make some of your own choices for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to hear about your experience with the baby. It was, he was a young baby, right? Yeah. He, we were there for not, not even a year, but it was, I think he was about seven months when he started. And like I mentioned, he was definitely late to take to solids. So he was on breast milk still pretty much exclusively, even though some of the little other kids were eating some purees and such that parents were sending. But um, yeah, so then he did start eating when he was there. And I was much more in the camp of like, he has such limited belly space, especially for solids that I wasn't. I just did not feel comfortable giving him what they were serving. Um, And again, you know, I think I would take more of a flexible approach now that he's, like you said, over two and kind of wanting him to experience different things and the social aspect of eating. But at the time, you know, I like you, similar to, it sounds like your school, it was very carb heavy. Um, There was definitely no focus on anything kind of organic or natural or anything in that, in that realm. Um, very carb heavy. So it would always be, there'd be breakfast and it was always a cereal. So either Cheerios or checks, I think were the two most common. And sometimes there would be like yogurt with it or milk. And at the time, and he wasn't having dairy at all. And he actually still won't drink dairy milk. He'll eat cheese but he won't. Um, he just doesn't like dairy milk. He did breastfeed until 22 months. So I think he just has that 
to be honest, I think he, he wants sweeter milk because <laughs> um, I still am thawing out. Occasionally, I'll thaw out some breast milk from the freezer as it like hits that year mark in the deep freeze. And he'll drink that. But then if I try and give him any other milk after that, he won't take it. So at the time, he wasn't drinking the school's milk. Um, they would have some yogurt. But I, I held off on that because it was it was all fat-free and just really high sugar. And so we did a lot of the, um, the, it's called like cocoa yo from GTs. So it's like a true coconut full fat yogurt. Um, so I would occasionally send some of that and then they would do a mid morning snack, which was actually typically carbier than the breakfast oddly. So it'd often be like bagels and cream cheese or waffles and syrup or French toast sticks or something like that. But again, it was a pure carb. Um, lunch was a little bit more balanced. They would always have a fruit and veggie, but again, I mean, he was at the age when, you know, he really wasn't like chewing on things. So I always did pack something and for several months when he was there, he was still under a year. And so we were doing, you know, I was wanting them to offer breast milk first before eating and then, you know, kind of packing some mostly pureed food, um, for him. So I would make my own purees of like meat and vegetables and bone broth. And let's see, then they would do an afternoon snack. Sounds very similar to your experience where it was like just really kind of a snacky snack. So they would do graham crackers or goldfish. Um, I, because we hadn't introduced dairy yet at that point, and we actually hadn't the entire time he was there, I was able to get that kind of like doctor's note. Um, and I actually got it for both dairy and gluten just because we, um, I had the gluten allergy and his pediatrician was like completely fine with just saying, let's avoid gluten. Like let's tell daycare you can avoid gluten. So that was my sort of roundabout way of avoiding a lot of the crap that they were offering. And again, I don't want it to sound like I'm like super strict and I didn't want him to have any sugar or any carbs. That wasn't the case. It was just, he was eight months old. And if he was going to be eating something other than the breast milk that I was sending, I wanted it to be really nutrient dense. And, you know, at that age too, they really are forming their palate. And if they're eating lots of sugary sweet stuff, it is going to, I mean, there, I have done research around this again for some of the articles that I've written, and it really is going to kind of set their taste preferences. And so I was very, very particular at first when he first started eating, and I just didn't want to kind of bend and give him like sugar yogurt and graham crackers for the little bit of solids that he was willing to eat at like eight and nine months. Um, so I, I definitely did pack things. And, you know, I when he did towards the end of the time there, there were a couple lunches that he would try. And to your point, like it, it was, there were days where I was like, this is so easy to not have to like pack everything up the night before and then get all the dishes home and have to wash all the dishes along with his like bottles of milk and everything else. So it is like a huge time saver if to the extent you can, you know, you, the, the they will eat or want to eat or you want them to eat the food that's provided like it's a it's a massive time saver for sure but i do think there's a difference in you know a kid being at a daycare at that young age versus like a preschool or a daycare where it's more of like a communal eating experience and um and you know every bite i i just felt like at that point like every bite was maybe this is because he was slower to take to solids too but I just felt like every bite had to be like purposeful and meaningful and have some nutritional value. And I didn't want it to be something like, you know, just a graham cracker to like tide him over. So definitely a different experience because I think primarily, I think because he's just, you know, he was a different age at the time. So that was kind of the approach we took. Um, and again, for me, it was, it was much less meals than it was like little ways to supplement what they were doing and to supplement the breast milk that he was getting as well. So you sent breast milk with him. I did. Yeah. Until, I mean, actually until the day he left and interestingly, 
um, he was like between rooms. This is actually right when we met. I think I was ranting about this situation, but he was between rooms and they actually, he was not able to move up a room because he was still drinking breast milk because they told me that he, they didn't have a refrigerator in that room. So um, that was one of my frustrations is that the kid has always loved breast milk. He's two and a half and he still will drink it. Like I have it frozen and I'm like getting, you know, going through like the freezer stash from October of 2019 right now. And he still loves it. Like it's just, it's always been a preference of his. Um, you know, there's, I have friends who are like, my kid could have cared less after like eight months. And that's just not, again, every kid is different. And he really, he really wanted it. Like he, he looked for that milk, like right before his nap, his afternoon mm-hmm. nap, like even when he was well over a year old. And so that's what we did. And being at an older age, I think you have a lot more kind of, I would have, I would feel like I had a lot more leeway in the types of things he was eating and, and just kind of the social experience I wanted him to get too. But at that time it was definitely like everything kind of everything he got was sort of sent from home. Yeah. I, that's what I was going to say is like, there's really not a benefit to young kids of eating the same thing as everybody else. Cause they don't care. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but for now, like at a kid who's almost three and he really is forming like how to make relationships, how to talk to people, like, he, so much of it is this socialization and that's why we're sending him to school. Uh, we just didn't want it to be this like, okay, here's something for everybody, but Connor, like, although I did observe in the classroom for a little bit on his first day. And there's a lot of kids that like, don't get one thing or, you know, something for one reason or another. So I don't think it would be just him, but still it, it is, the socialization is important and I don't want him to be having tantrums because he can't have a waffle in front of the other kids. So. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, not just the, the fact that they're eating all the same thing, because when they go to school, like kindergarten, you know, kids, some kids buy, some kids pack lunch, some kids, you know, they all do their own thing. But I think for me too, the other big thing is just that feeling like having him feel like he's restricted. I wouldn't want that. So like at home at the table, when we eat, we all eat the same thing and he can have, you know, he might eat like, if we have sweet potatoes, he might eat like a ton of sweet potatoes and only a little bit of the broccoli, but still it's like anything on the table is fair game. And so I would want him to have that same kind of sense of not feeling restricted at school too, where it's like, why can't have that? Cause it's not good for me. Like, I don't, I don't want that good and bad type thing to get in his head or for him to feel like I don't get what the other kids get. Like it's an option to try it if you want it. But, um, I think that's, that's kind of the other thing that would be playing in my head if he was in a school right now where they provided food like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Did your son eat anything from the school? Towards the end, he would eat certain foods that they would have. So, um, and you know, I think too, part of it was me sending some food and part of it was, you know, the type of food that they served was not the type of food that we were having at home. And so it's kind of the same thing where it wasn't familiar to him and he was still at such a young age that that wasn't appealing to him then. Like, I feel like now he would be very curious about different types of foods. And even if he didn't want to eat it, he would be curious and want to be offered it. But when he was like 13 months old, if he saw like mac and cheese on the plate, he'd be like, what, I don't, what is this? Like, I don't, I don't know how to eat this or I don't, you know, I don't know how to chew this. He was a little bit more particular with textures at that time. And so it wasn't even always that, I was like, I don't want him to be eating this. It was one, it might've had dairy in it and he hadn't done dairy yet. Um, Two, it was something that I was like, no, I don't want you to have fried food. So that was like a hard, hard no for me. They would do chicken nuggets, fish nuggets. They even had French fries sometimes. Some things that I was, and and granted there was this one all the way up to pre-K. So there were like four-year-olds. So 
everyone at the school got served the same thing. And some of the things I just did not think were appropriate for his age. I think now, as we look forward to next year, as we, you know, plan for preschool, that will definitely be something that, you know, everyone has their pros and cons of what they're looking for in a school in terms of curriculum and outdoor time and all these other things. And I think, you know, food or the ability to bring food and what the offerings that they do have, I think that will be for sure a priority for us. Well, it doesn't look like we're going to get to our third question. (laughs) We had a question on potty training that we were just going to touch on, but we will answer that next time. So if you have any specific questions about potty training, or if you have any other questions for me and Hillary, you can send them to either of us on Instagram, or you can send them to nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com. And you can find Hillary at Purposeful Plate Nutrition on Instagram or purposefulplatenutrition.com. You can find me, Michelle Taggy, at michelletaggy.com or at michelletaggy underscore NTP on Instagram. And we hope you have a great week, everybody. Thank you. See you guys.